Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we wrap up what has been an interesting trading week, we look at the at the grain complex. Our corn and beans will finish off the week to some positive. The wheat has had its definite struggles. Weather, yield numbers, early harvest taking place, all some factors. Not only here in the U.S., but when you look globally, the effects of what the weather has had on this wheat complex. Outside market influences as well as China has got our emotions on a string. You do the flip side to the livestock side and boxed beef drops and the needs to if we're going to be able to move any sort of products. Well, we're going to talk about all of that and more today. Here's Eric Kruger joins us from Smart Yield. And Eric, let's start out. The corn and the beans, nice to finish off the week on a positive note. Yeah, we had a really nice week um, in both in corn and beans. Uh, corn up, you know, over, over the week here, seven plus cents. And beans had a really nice week, uh, seeing a finish up here in this 8080 on new crop area. Um, old, the old crop's still hanging in there with a positive day. So really nice moves. Um, it's, it's good to see for this this time of year. This is the time of year where usually we, we kind of see a price appreciation here. So hopefully that can continue, um, but a really nice week. Also nice to be able to see the continued chatter about ethanol remaining stable this week. It was, and ethanol numbers were really nice, and I think that helped us this week. Um, it, it, it's going to be nice if we can continue to pick up pick up that production and, and eat through some of this old, these old crop stocks numbers that we thought maybe we're going to take a little longer to get ethanol back going. So it's nice to see gasoline usage up, um, to see ethanol stocks coming down, hopefully, and production coming up. So all positive stuff on the corn front um, that could that could help us down the road here. With the energy and the OPEC uh, cuts coming, is that going to weigh in any factors on this trade? Yeah, it will. It will. Um, and it was nice to see today. You know, today we had, a, of course, jobs numbers come out and had a really good, a really good number, uh, a positive number way up here in May. And I think that that helped the market in general. You got outside, inter- you know, got the outside equity markets way up. We have crude up um, across the board. Ethanol's up. Gasoline's up. So um, those types of reports that show us maybe pointing towards back more of back to what we had here before coronavirus, before some of these uh, big changes to the world um that those those can only help i guess looking at china as they continue just to have us on a string and and they tug it we react and our president tugs it the other way and it's just as a a back and forth for these guys it is it's kind of interesting if you you follow headlines it can be pretty confusing or emotional however you want to say it so try not to dig too deep into the headlines but uh we we can look at the numbers and go with the facts and the, the fact of the matter is whether it was china or unknown which um, the unknown seems to be China more often than not. You know, we had another great export announcement on, on beans this morning. We have had over the last, really since last Thursday, we've had um, over a million tons of beans sold in the export market. So that's that's a really good thing. We need to have that continue. We need to get some of that market share back from Brazil, back from South America, back to our side. But it, it might signify that there still is, you know, there still is that thought and the hope that China is going to meet uh, their phase one um, obligation and if they can continue to buy beans I think that that keeps keeps the hope there but Brazil has a lot of beans and they want to market them they do and they've really I, I saw a chart earlier today that the change in the last 20 years of market share from US to you know South America and Brazilian and beans it's been unbelievable the amount of market share that they've taken we used to kind of go back and forth one for one where they'd have a big big time of the year where they sold and so did we but um, that's kind of shifted um, when we first started kind of the trade war stuff and and I think hopefully the the plan to get it back to where we're, we're more of that market share was with this phase one deal so let's 
you know, continue to hope that comes through. Is the commitment there, though, for the U.S. from China? Because I'd read somewhere that they were looking at the new crop, but already 51% was going to China and the rest elsewhere. Um, yeah, I, you know, until it comes to, uh, like you said, you can't, it's hard to trust anything. You know what I mean? It's hard to step back and say that uh, the numbers sound good, but until we actually see the purchases um, and, and the, the ships are loaded, it's, it's probably hard to say that everything's going to come to fruition. What are your thoughts on this weather pattern that we've been in? Some folks getting rain, others completely missing it, but the temperatures are still there. Yeah, we've really had a really hot start to June, really the end of planting season, first part of the growing season. That's really helped accelerate the crops. There's probably really not a huge weather story in row crops uh, right now. Um, we've had some drier, hot areas to, to, to the wheat regions, but I think right now we got to probably step back and look more at the export market. Look at the weather issues that could come if this trend would continue. It looks like we're supposed to get a little cool down, but then warm right back up across a lot of the a lot of the growing regions. So um, weather is at the forefront always in the summer in the U.S., and I don't think that's going to change. Do you think, though, the weather is an issue for the wheat market? Um, I don't know. I, I think if you could look globally, there's some fears maybe over into the Russian market that they've got some increased temperatures. There's a little higher price uh, wheat over there right now that's trending up. But I think right now um, it's a little early to be to be saying we're, we're going to have some huge weather issues. So what are you hearing from from folks? Is I mean, the wheat harvest we know has had some struggles in Texas. Are you hearing about some delays when it comes to harvest the farther north we move because of the weather we've had? Yeah, if there is that that had the moisture, absolutely. Um, but I, I just there's a lot of area. You know, if you looked at the the drought map released yesterday from NOAA, um, showed some significant areas with a little more than you would think drought, just because we've had some moisture through the winter and, and the spring. But I, I, you know, it's still too early in the harvest season to think we're going to have huge delays. But they could come. Well, looking at uh, anything else on on the grain complex that we need to kind of keep an eye on this week as we head into the weekend and beyond. Yeah, I think into the weekend we just got to keep an eye on like uh, you know the managed funds uh, when the commitment of traders comes out this weekend to really look and see if we do stretch that corn short over three hundred thousand contracts. That'd be historically um, as big as a number short as we've seen in June. Um, and usually the the funds don't like to stay short through a growing season, could just because of the issues that can come up with weather and the crops. So, um, something to keep an eye on, um, and just really looking forward um, export sales and what the dollar does. I think that's something else we've seen a big correction in the dollar. All right, what well, more coming up? It is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue our conversation with Eric Kruger, Eric again is with Smart Yield. From a livestock perspective, uh, let's start out with this with this cattle market. Obviously, we saw on Friday a, a lower type of trade action in both the live and the feeder cattle numbers. I think the, the shining light, shall we say, is the box beef numbers because they continue to drop. Yeah, you know. We're going to need box beef to continue to to trend lower here, and it is. Uh, I expect box beef to trade below this 250 area at some point soon, and that's going to hopefully spark some more retail demand. We really priced ourselves out of the retail market, and with, with hopefully a lot of the U.S. starting to open back up, we really need box beef to correct like it has to get um, to get beef back in the retail sector as far as as being be on the prime side of it, getting out there and having 
having a lot more, I guess you would say, shelf time and, and getting more beef available because the numbers that we've backed up when the slaughter slowed down here over the last six weeks um, are significant. The weights are significant on the increase. So we're going to have a lot of beef to chew through over the next two to three months just to get us back to where kind of we'd be back at par with the kill. So we're going to have a lot of product, a lot of product backed up, and we need, you know, the box to continue to come down to push that product through the retail sector. You know, normally about this time of year, we're starting to talk about the grilling season, and I have not heard a lot when it comes to product movement. Yeah, we haven't. I think that's been just a, a sheer product or a, a sheer result of box beef pushing up to that four hundred dollar level. You know, when you get box beef up that high, we just we don't we don't see retailers um, put beef out there um, as far as on on weekly ads, and we don't see a lot of people out buying beef. But another part of that is coronavirus. You know, that's demand. As, as hard as it is to say, that's demand. We just will not get back during that time period when people. Uh, weren't out at grocery stores. They weren't out at ballparks. They weren't out at restaurants. It's demand that's gone. And all we can do is look forward and hope maybe it sparks some more demand as we open back up. And a time of year, we don't see as much beef demand. So hopefully, like I said, with, with the retail beef coming, or hopefully picking up steam with box beef coming down, we can see um, better availability, which we have now with slaughter picking up, but also more people getting out and, and grilled beef. Well, I'm surprised, though, that we're not even hearing about the other proteins weighing in and trying to replace. I mean, I know that there's been some price issues, you know, on the pork side as well, but even poultry. I'm, I'm surprised that we're not hearing that adding pressure to the cattle. Yeah, you don't hear as much talk about that right now, but it, it definitely is. You know, chief beef, or I mean, chief pork and and chief poultry is is really something that's going to continue to probably help drive the box lower on the beef side. So, um, there's a lot of protein. We went through it's kind of a weird time. We went through a, a big availability before the coronavirus protein, and all of a sudden turned to a time where prices went up and protein was a little tougher to come by as, as far as beef and pork and slaughter slowed way down and now that slaughter's picking back up and we've got extra cattle to get through extra hogs to get through um we're going to have abundance of protein here in here in the very near term so it's it's going to be something interesting to follow and, and get through but i think as long as we can continue to stay on pace is is no setbacks with coronavirus get get the country open back up a little more kind of hopefully um get back to where demand comes back in domestically I, I think we can get through it it's just going to take some time has the tone been set that we're going to see just some quieter numbers when it comes to cattle trade waiting till the 11th hour to make those purchases yeah it, and it was nice this week we had early monday trade but that was a high trade of the week usually is when it happens on a monday but we had such a range on the cash side um early in the week up in the high teens and by the end of the week here um down in this 104 105 level if not lower um and that's that's going to be factors buying the bigger, heavier cattle that we need them to buy and get through. But um, with that lower market, all of a sudden, that difference between our front month June and, and that cash market isn't as dramatic as it was last week when it was $20. Now we're probably down inside of $10. So it's coming together with a few weeks left on that trade. Um, that option expired today and probably had a little bit of pressure on the market as well. But... Um, you know, I, th I think we can find some stability here because the cutout has come down far enough that we should see some more demand come in. Over to the hog markets, we look at that, just like in the cattle, they've had some struggles as of well this week. Are we just seeing the fight of, of the pressure on that June contract kind of setting the tone? Yeah, we are. And I think 
with the surge, we're going to see more production here with plants continuing to process more. Um, we did see a little bit less as on the export side to China. So far this year, China's bought you know more pork than they bought in all last year from us. So we're we're seeing huge exports of pork, but we have so much available that until we see. Um, that market stabilize a little bit with the higher production, we're probably going to see it continue to struggle. And of course, if we can just keep those export numbers moving along, that'll help our producers as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. We need to keep moving protein, whether it's, you know, pork, beef, or poultry. We need to see it continue to move and continue to pick up steam here. All right. Sounds good, Eric. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Uh, they can call us at 308-234-6805, or they can go online to mysmartyield.com. And that is a look at the Fontenelle final bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle final bell is brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check it out as a podcast on our website at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe for your free podcasts, and you can pick it up on Spotify as well. It's the Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.